the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello, and welcome to today's edition of Grace to Live with Pastor Keith Crosby, lead pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We're so thankful that you have joined us for today's program. On today's broadcast, we're picking back up in Part 5 of the Blueprint series, where we talked about having a balanced and biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit so that we can properly explain God's ministry to others. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to John chapter 14. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. And the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us for ministry and enables us to call attention to Christ. His goal is to glorify Christ so that people can be saved. His aim is to glorify Christ. He does not call attention to himself. Think of him as a player coach. God the Son is in heaven, seated at the right hand of majesty on high. God the Father, the throne room, the Holy Spirit down here with us, on the playing field. Think of him as a background musician. He's not playing lead guitar. He's not singing a solo. God the Father and God the Son are out front. They are in the lead positions. The Holy Spirit is in us. And he is seeking to glorify them through us. If you want to use computer terminology, he's the operating system. That's what's going on here. He has no intention of calling attention to himself, but he calls attention to Christ. And that's where balance comes in. That's where balance and ministry comes in. We don't want to be in that ditch over there. And we don't want to be in that ditch over there. We don't want to refuse to think or talk about the Holy Spirit. We want to understand the Holy Spirit and we don't want to obsess with him and get distracted into peripheral, non-essential things. We want to understand him according to what Jesus teaches here, the living word and the written word as he speaks to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. He keeps Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God and God the Son and the Father front and center and he stays in the background. The emphasis is never on the Spirit, but on the Father, and on most particularly, the Son. Where do we see that? Look at John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you, he's being sent from the Father by Jesus, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to whom? To me. And who is me in that passage? Jesus. He has a different role than Jesus. It's like quarterback and lineman. The end of verse 26 emphasizes and intensifies our understanding of John 16, 14, where we read, he will bear witness of me, he will glorify me. We don't want to have an unbalanced view of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to overemphasize the Holy Spirit at the expense of the Father and the Son. That's against God's will. We want to be sane, we want to be balanced, we want to be biblical. We want to be Christ-pleasing and God-glorifying. 
That's purpose one. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to bring glory to God. God the Father and God the Son. To bring glory to Jesus. He is in a background ministry. The second ministry or the second focus or the second purpose of the Holy Spirit is this. He convicts the world of sin. Think of him as a catalyst for salvation. Think of him as an engine for connecting the heart to the message. Where do we see this? We see this in verse 7. Nevertheless, uh, John 16, 7 through 11. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Who's speaking here? Jesus Christ. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go away, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is to be judged. Again, I could preach a series on that passage. But we're just hitting the highlights here as we go through this blueprint. There's so much confusion about the Holy Spirit. People emphasize all kinds of things. They overemphasize all kinds of things. They sometimes get hung up on the gifts or they talk about private prayer languages or whatever it is. But none of that is emphasized in this passage. None of it. This is Jesus Christ pouring into his disciples. Here's my final word before I go. And, and this is what he's emphasizing. He is equipping his disciples. And what does he emphasize? That the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. Sort of like a sanctified prosecutor. And at the same time, he assures his people of righteousness. You know, if you're like me, and I hope that you're not, but if you were, you know, sometimes we do things that are stupid and we go, what was I thinking? How could I be saved and think that way? And the Holy Spirit assures you of your righteousness, that you belong to him. His spirit testifying with our spirit that we are children of God and if children heirs. The Holy Spirit is our comforter in some translations. He's our helper. He reminds us who we are and whose we are. And he reminds the sinner that they're sinners. They may want to suppress the truth and unrighteousness, but he reminds them that they need a savior and that this savior has come to rescue them, to help them, to turn them away from sin, death, and hell and turn them toward eternal life, wholeness, healing, restoration. And while he's doing that, he's comforting you and me as we try to serve him in our own imperfect ways. He convicts the world concerning judgment. How? There are three ways implied here in this text. One, through the way that we live. They see something different in us, hopefully. They, they, they are convicted concerning, through preaching, the teaching of God's word, the presentation of the gospel, the explanation of the will of God, which is found only in the word of God, but also through the application of truth to the conscience. Paul writes in Romans 2, 15 and 16 this, they show the work of the law is written on their hearts. While their conscience bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. Think about that. He's working on them even when you're not. 
He's making the message, in many cases, travel the 18 inches, metaphorically speaking, from the head to the heart. He's doing that for you. You're serving up the meal, and he's making them hungry. He's wetting their appetite. He's making them thirsty for salvation. And he's giving them understanding of how far from God they are and how close to God they can be. And he's using people like you and me, cracked vessels, common everyday people to be used by our uncommon, not-so-everyday God to do amazing things. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing him. They don't call him the helper for nothing. He's in us and with us always. Look at John 14, 16, and 17. Another helper to be with you forever, forever, even the spirit of truth who the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be, and I won't get into the Greek grammar there, but that's a promise that he's in you and he's never leaving. You can't lose the Holy Spirit. He's in you. When you come to Christ, he takes up residence. He doesn't accept eviction notices and he doesn't take roommates. You know, there are people who say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm possessed by Satan. I can't be. It's impossible. You might be influenced by Satan, but you can't be possessed and you can't throw away what, what was yours, what wasn't yours to give in the first place because of the Holy Spirit. And he will do the heavy lifting, the contending for truth as you try to talk to your son or daughter or colleague or coworker or somebody whose heart you ache to see embrace Christ. He'll take the words that you say and he might make them forget some of the stupid things that you and I say sometimes. And he'll make the words that count stick to their heart at just the right time and at just the right way. That's what he does. Convicts the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. And you know what? That's a good thing because it takes a whole lot of burden off of you and me. You know, sometimes we get ready to tell somebody about Jesus and our heart starts palpitating. And in the words of the great theologian Jerry Lee Lewis, there's a whole lot of shaking going on and most of it is your knees, you know. And the Holy Spirit steps in. He illumines your understanding. He reminds you of what you've been taught. He gives you the words to say at the right time. And he convicts that individual concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's why we say abide in Christ, keep his word, and let him do the heavy lifting. Let's talk about a third and final purpose. What is, what is, and the third purpose is this. He leads us into truth. He leads us into truth. This is illumination. Where do we find this concept? We find this concept in John 14, 26. But the helper of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is before Pentecost, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Remember the context here. Remember the setting Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's been pouring into them for three years. It's at the end of his earthly public ministry. He's about to be arrested, tortured, beaten within an inch of his life, and then ultimately crucified for our sins. We talked about this last week. And you know, his disciples, this is part of the let not your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe in me, in my Father's house of many mansions. The disciples are, are, are terrified at losing the Lord Jesus. And he's comforting them and he's telling them that they're not going to be alone. And that furthermore, the success of their ministry isn't based on their intellect or their special abilities. 
It's based on the power of God working in them and through them as he brings to remembrance the things that they've been taught. Now you and I, at least last time I checked, we don't sit at the Lord Jesus' feet for three years. We come to church, we come to Sunday school, we come to ABF, we come to small group, whatever. Bible study. And so he brings to remembrance the things that we apply ourselves to learning. That's how it works for us. Illumination. I'll give you a a Keith Crosby example of illumination. One of my lots in life is to be able to lose, and now I don't wear them anymore, neckties and car keys. I remember walk, walking around the house looking for my car keys one time. It was in my right hand. And I'm not, I'm not this isn't some apocryphal pastoral story. And he brought to mind, here it is. A lot of times I say, Lord, help me remember this, help me find this. He does better than that. This is illumination, not revelation. Revelation is the uncovering of new truth. There is no new truth. It's all contained here in the 66 books of the closed canon. Revelation, in that sense, has ceased. But illumination is giving us the right word at the right time to speak into a situation, bringing to mind what we've studied. How many times have you heard me say, you can't cram for life? More than you'd like to count. More than I can remember. But the bottom line is this. He can't bring to mind what you and I haven't taken the time to learn. We can only teach or explain what we know and understand. And so you and I have a role to play here. We need to be uploading Bible verses, uploading doctrine, uploading understanding into our minds so the spirit of truth who leads us into all truth can bring to remembrance these things. But the, Holy, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. I am so thankful. When Jesus said, I will not leave you of orphans, I will come back. He meant he was coming back. But at the same time, he was telling his disciples, then and there, and you and I, through the pages of Scripture, that now that we're his, children of God, We're never on our own. We are never without resources. No matter how difficult the situation, and many of us are facing difficult situations, no matter how confusing the the circumstance, no matter how confounding the conundrum, I was trying to find all these rhymes, but it isn't working today. The Holy Spirit is there, and nothing in your life or my life is being left to chance. God is with us. You know, Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. And when he talks about, I will send another helper like me, it's funny because in the Greek grammar, it means another helper of the same nature and essence to me, which kind of speaks to the deity of the Holy Spirit based on the deity of Christ. But it also means that another, that God is still with us. The Son has returned to heaven, but the Spirit is in us and with us. Illumination. The Holy Spirit makes the things that God reveals to us through his word stick in our minds and hearts as we hear the word of God taught. And he helps us apply it in situations and circumstances and during trials and tests so that we can stand. You know, you look at that great passage in Jude, now to him who is able to make you stand in his presence with great joy without stumbling. Part of that is driven by the Holy Spirit. 
When the spirit of truth comes, John 16, 13, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he will speak and declare the things to you that are to come. So, don't cram for life. You can cram for a quiz, you can cram for a test, you can even cram for your written driver's exam, although I wouldn't recommend it. But you can't cram for crisis. Just like an athlete trains, we must spiritually train and disciple our minds or find people to help us do that so that the data is there and God can call it up for us via the Holy Spirit when we face a crisis. You can only remember what you have learned, memorized, or meditated upon. It's the same with your children. What they see you do with the Bible, they learn to do by example. You can't cram for life. Don't even try. Instead, load up on the scriptures. So, what are the three primary missions or purposes of the, mission, of the ministry of the Holy Spirit? To bring glory to Jesus. Allow him to use you in doing that. To convict the world of sin, he helps you evangelize people by pricking their hearts and consciences when you speak to them. And he leads us into all truth. He provides, he guides, he illuminates We believe that the Holy Spirit and all that he does glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ, convicts the world of its guilt. He regenerates sinners and in them they are baptized into union with Christ and adopted as heirs in the family of God. He also indwells, illuminates, guides, equips, and empowers believers for Christ-like living and service. That's ministry. So what's the big idea here? Jesus gave very specific teaching on the Holy Spirit. Let's learn from him and let's major on what he majors on and minor on the other stuff. If you want to read a good book about it, the New Covenant Ministry of the Holy Spirit, it's in your bulletin. But the question you have to ask and answer in your own mind here today is this. What do I do with all this? Because for me, just to give you head knowledge, for me, just to tell you abstractions, is not going to necessarily bring glory to God, good to others, and growth to you. You have to apply this. So let me give you some suggestions for what you can do with this teaching. Remember this, that in every undertaking, you have help. That you're not without resources. That the Holy Spirit is in you and with you always wherever you go. You don't have to summon him, he's there. It's part of God being omnipresent, everywhere present. He's in you, and he's everywhere where Christians are. You're never alone. Find comfort in that. You're never alone, no matter what you face. God loves you. He sent his son to die for you, and he has sent the spirit and the son's temporary absence to keep you safe, to empower you for ministry, and to make you stand before his presence with great joy and without stumbling. Find comfort in that. Also remember that in everything you say and do and everywhere you go, because he is with you and in you, be careful. I call this grandmama theology. What's that? Try not to say anything to anybody that you wouldn't want your grandmama to hear. Okay? In the same way, realize this. When you go to a website, when you make a comment, when you have a thought... 
as a temple of the Holy Spirit, you are subjecting the Holy Spirit who indwells you to whatever that is. We're temples of the Holy Spirit. He's in us and with us forever. Remember whose you are, remember how he is, and remember how you should treat him with reverence and respect, with worship. Three, you can't cram for life. Do your part. You're not saved by works, but works come out of your love for God and your salvation. So, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's ready, willing, and able to bring to mind all the things you've studied or heard, taught, But if you're not getting a daily intake of the word of God, your mind is empty or devoid of what you need to have brought into this situation that you're facing. So feed on the the word of God. Drink the word of God. Breathe the word of God. Reflect on the word of God and let the God of that word, the indwelling Holy Spirit, use you as he brings these things to mind to bless and challenge and encourage others and point people to Jesus. Because that's why the Holy Spirit's here. Four, take time to be thankful. Take time, last and not least, to express thanksgiving. Look at what you've got. You've got a relationship with God. You have a heavenly home, and you have the Holy Spirit in you, keeping you on track, keeping you on the rails and out of a ditch on the right or the left, as he grows you spiritually, as he uses you in ministry, as he shows you things you can do in him that you could never do on your own. Be thankful. We have, look at this broken world around us. I don't know how anybody makes sense of their existence apart from God. I don't know how anybody has hope. You have the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth, who will take what others have taught you and bring it to mind at just the right time in just the right way. Be thankful. Be grateful. You're never alone. You're never without resources. Unless, of course, you're without Jesus Christ. Which brings us to a last sort of applicational idea here. Call it number five. Embrace Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, like these people who were baptized today, They recognized at some point in their lives that they needed a savior. The Holy Spirit convicted them of sin. Somebody told them about Jesus. He brought to mind the things these people needed to say. He applied it to their conscience. They came to Christ. They put their trust, their confidence, their faith, their future in God, in Christ. And now they're able to do things And to be used by God in ways that they would have been incapable before. Now they have a peace that the Bible says that surpasses all human understanding. Do you have that? I mean, you might know about God and you might come to church, you know, at baptisms, Easter, Christmas, whatever. But if you want to know God, he's ready, willing, and able to make himself known to you. You just have to ask him. And I hope you'll do that today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.